he was recruited by I believe it was the Air Force that was that was heading that program but he was said he was like 19 years old 18 yeah. years old and and they were having him pull the trigger on these drones that were blowing up you know people yep. and can, yep. him being 18 years old watching people get you know blown up yep in countries like Yemen or whatever, and mm-hmm. it scarred him. I mean, it really messed his head up. Yeah. Having to make those decisions, yes. and, or whether he was making the decisions or not, he was probably following orders, like right. pulling the trigger on those drones and, yep. and watching these people suffer, like on the mm-hmm. ca- watching the infrared camera, these people yep. like crawling and bleeding. And yep. Yeah. That and stuff so, can be terrifying to you, like to a, any, any human. Right. And think about like, like, all the people involved in that decision, right? So he was pulling the trigger, so he probably felt directly responsible. But there's a chain of command, right? There are other people making that decision. People who found that location to target, like the guy in charge who makes the decision to target it, who, like, people who know that that house might have the guy's kids in it. Do we target or not, right? Like, there are, t- there are there are tons of people who are involved in this decision and it there are so many factors that weigh in right and i i don't it's 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 a sad reality right like i i don't advocate collateral damage in war but it happens and it's a reality and people have to make those decisions war is not clean it's just unfortunate. And I, um, when we were working, uh, we were working in the Middle East and I was working with a Delta Force guy and he was the nicest guy ever, like a family man. He, um, he had actually like his own nonprofit that like helped women learn self-defense and just the nicest guy and he was teaching this triage class and starts telling this story about, you know, missions where he went in, like, his missions were specifically to go in and kill people, right? Like, you and your team are going to go into this place, you are going to kill the people there, like, you know, very close range shooting or hand-to-hand combat, like, telling stories about team members that he lost on those missions. Um, and so I asked, I asked them, I was like, what kind of psychological care do they give you? Because there's no way. So for the CIA, they do a ton of psychological testing. Beforehand. Yes, before they hire you. So I'm assuming that part of all the special forces is you but you need help to give birth to it right Mm -hmm. and so that's why people get coaches i've got a mentor in every single company we own i have a mentor Mm -hmm. and that's where people go wrong i have so much purpose and but i just met with cj yesterday for two hours i said at his feet i'm older than cj bro Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? But I said it to Steve because I'm like, yo, bro, give me the game. Like, help me understand. I want to learn from you. I pay Alex Burton 10 grand for his dispatching. I mean, his trucking course. Mm. You feel me? So I, people need to invest in themselves wherever they are. If you're trying to have the best marriage, then get some marriage books. Get some marriage coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, Marriage Inc. At Marriage Inc. That's my, me and Tracy's marriage coaches. Like, I would be divorced. I would not have a wife today if it wasn't for them. Like, if you want to win in finances, then you got to get with somebody in that financial space. Like, you got to be willing to get with a midwife or or or, or, or uh, what do you call it? The OBGYN. Somebody to help you give birth to whatever that thing is. For the people that feel stuck, you got to get with someone that can unstuck you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem. But a lot of people feel like they want to do it on their own or they prideful or they don't want to, don't want to make the investment and they wonder why nothing changed. Well, you got to make a decision, right? And I believe everybody's, everybody can go to the next level if their belief system is intact. But they got to believe. I was one way in life and I was there forever because of my specific belief system. But when I changed my brain, I changed my life. It all starts with your brain. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. Mm. It all starts right here inside your brain. I'm going to give it to him again. Can I do it again? What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Be cautious. Mm. That's the only three ways, the only three reasons why somebody wouldn't buy from you. So with this dollar chart, here's, oh my gosh, because I didn't know why. I, I figured I was doing it because... You know, we just kept, like, let them taste test it, right? Mm -hmm. But in this way, I can identify, well, they can identify, oh, this is a good fit. Because in their head, they don't they don't know if it's a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. But for a dollar, um, a dollar, they could do it. They can see the value because, all right, for seven days, you're going to get a, a, a freaking conference for a week. Mm -hmm. And then... They realize, wow, that I have the money mm -hmm. because even after that, it's only $79. But they'll say, they'll be able to compare, oh, well, for the value, for sure, 79 bucks is nothing. Done. That was the dopest commercial we've ever given. <laughs> so go to the morning meetup.com. <laughs> Golly, I love this interview. Go to the morning meetup.com. I can't wait to see you in the morning. Okay, Spec, I got to ask you. Um, before you give us something deep on the closeout, um, I like to make predictions predictions on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can watch this interview five to 10 years from today and say, mm. yo, Speck said he was going to do this. And look, he actually did it. It's mm. actually dope. I like that. In five years. Five to ten. Five years, my school is definitely going to be one of the most talked about schools on the planet. That's mm. one thing. Second thing is, in five years, I'm going to have some major product wins. What does that look like? Products that everybody, at least 
one of them that everybody has to use. Like, like right now, everybody like the passport joint. Like, like, is that what you think? Like, similar. Yeah, something like that. Like something that. Like I need this. Like Uber, people need that. You need Uber. Come on, Uber. Gotta have Uber. Amazon. Like I need. I need Amazon. I need that. It's gonna be mm. at least one thing that I create that the people will need. Mm. And that's going to be my moment I talked about. That's going to be your moment. Five to ten years. That's going to be the moment. I love it. I love it. You don't even know what it is yet. I might have it already. Do you have it? I might have it already. Do you think you, is it like something that you're thinking of, like that you're working on that you think you got? Or you're just saying, in my life, there's something that I'm missing that I don't see just yet. I think I have it. I'm working on something that's going to disrupt the world in terms of putting money into the black communities. Hmm. For ownership. Can I be a part of that? You said your Close ass, bro. Yo, you, you, I'm, you, I'm, I'm going to be consistent, <laughs> too. I'm going to be consistent. <laughs> you already my man, so. <laughs> yeah, but listen, you will be a part of it, though. Mm. You will be a part of it. Um, and 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 this is this is one thing that I talked about earlier. It's called social seed, where we're gonna have it where people get to actually have ownership in products, viral products, big products, products that's killing it that they would never get the they would never get the opportunity. When you try to do, you know, when you try to invest, you got to become an accredited investor. Right. You know what right. that means? You yeah. got to have over $200,000 or, and it doesn't even count your house. So if you got a million dollar house, still on matter. So it's either 200000 personally or 300000 with your spouse included, or over a million dollars in net worth. What average, what average, so if you see a good deal that you can literally take advantage of, you as an intellectual can't even take advantage of it mm-hmm. because they have systems in place for us not to take advantage because guess what? We all ain't got that. You know what's so crazy? And not even too long ago, Obama finally made it to a point where um, where um, you can create smaller crowdfunds. He created some bill mm-hmm. that kind of unlocked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Not yet, but, you know, like... He created... Because it was, it, it was, like, illegal, but now I think it's... Um, or he either... It's something where, like, the little guy can get into it. Somebody's going to comment and be like, David, you're an idiot. But, yes, 
But no, that's this is the point I'm making. It's like they put things in place to make sure we don't get what we deserve. Like, why I got to be a credit and investor? Yeah. You know, it's like, I know it's little other little reasons people going to come up with. Oh, no, it's because it is. No, no. I feel in my heart, it's so certain people don't get into certain plays mm-hmm. to get to where they need to get to. It's like the music industry. Whoever was the puppet at the time. If it wasn't a virus going on, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You would say evict the guy in three weeks, he's out of there. A John Doe eviction, you had no agreement, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But, you know, right now is a very tough time. You're better off trying to see if you can at least try to make a deal with the guy. Say, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I bought this house. It was supposed to be empty when I bought it. You know, and the guy says, well, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got no money. Well, you know, I don't want to tell you. Maybe you need to, you know, you're born at a, at a time when things are crazy right now. Nothing makes sense right now. Nothing makes sense in this world right now. You know, so, no. you know, keep working with the attorney. But I try to make a deal with the guy, too. You know, and see if he can at least get some money coming in until this damn thing blows over. And then flip the goddamn thing. You know, take, you know, there's money out there. Let him apply for it. It's free money. All right. No, Listen, you're you may, right. you may want to, you know, I know you, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I wish I could help you, but I wish that's, the best for your family. I just thought you know. it would be a good story for the podcast. Yeah, it's a sad story, you know. It's a <laughs> it's story that don't do, don't ever buy a piece of real estate the day before you close that deal. Even us, we walk through the building. We have to go and see, you know, making sure that the, the vacancies look decent. You know, you got to do a final inspection before you release that money. Because once you release that goddamn money, it's over. You know, so you got to make sure everything's just the way the you want it. The mortgage stop. No, you got to pay a freaking mortgage on it now. You know, you're screwed. So, listen, yeah. you better go try to make a deal. It ain't going to hurt to make a deal with the guy. Maybe he'll leave for a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. You know, I should have. I should have took the attorney money and offered him to leave that goddamn day, Albanian but... temper you got. You got that friggin' Albanian temper, just like the Pollocks. <laughs> All right, you take care. That was, yeah, that was All right, well, you know, you know how to reach us. Go online, reach me if you need me in the future. But good luck to you. Tell me, send my regards to your parents. I got a room for the show next week, so. Oh, great, great, great. I'm glad I you did because we're sold out. We're cut off. I'm not yep. having a bunch of people there. I'm going to be very Perfect. close and in person and, you know, protected. All right. Very good. Perfect. Take care All of right, yourself. Tell you your again. parents said hi. All right. What's be. up? Have a good night. Oh, you still owe me a friggin' pizza. You promised me. All right. What's up? You got anybody else? Yeah. Old house? Hey, and everybody, sorry if I can't get to your super chat because it does disappear after a certain amount of time. Well, that means you ain't quick enough, you know? You need to get on your J-O-B. No, it's because somebody talks a lot. Well, then cut me off. I don't care. I can't because you're actually you saying can go like st- this. you're you helping can, somebody. Whenever you get a super chat you want to read, from now on, go like this. Okay? Let me Fine. see you do it. There you go. Not so hard. You break the table. You put freaking marks in my leather here. You had no appreciation for nice shit. This came with the house. <laughs> Shit was bought by a big shot ball player, man. Kids don't appreciate nothing. Oh, my God. All right, what else you got? All right. IGH Properties, thank you for the 
999999. You're getting ready to tell me a lot of nines, Sorry. boy. Rafael, you're going to give me some of that money, pay you. Rafael, you need to start renting some damn hotel rooms with that money. Ben, I already booked my room at the Four Seasons. You meant to say Sheridan, I'm pretty sure. Four Point Sheridan. I know. But Better. If you rent to the Four Seasons, there ain't even the Four Seasons around here. Yeah, there is. No, there ain't. Four right. seasons. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Orlando, tree. maybe. I'm thinking of those. All right. I look forward to seeing everybody that's showing up. And listen, let me tell you something. I want to personally thank every single person showing up, okay, because you're helping me. You're renting rooms. We're keeping the hotel alive. All right? It ain't going to make a fortune. It'll be good to make some income for the hotel, you know, to help pay the staff and everybody. I'm not making no money on this thing. But I really appreciate it because uh, these are the people I know that really give a damn about me. And the rest of you 199,950, forget ya. All right, what else you got? No, but seriously, I'm going to do uh, more in the future hey, if it then, works out. Yeah, this is just a test. It's, it's a test. A test of the local broadcasting so system. If it goes Beep. well, if it goes well, then you'll do more. Hopefully. Come on. You got anything else? Anything else you signed in or Nick, wrote in or what? Ms. Yuck, thank you for the $24.99. Towards $24. the new bike. New bike for fun. You're getting a new bike. It. Appreciate it. What kind of bike was it? It's a Yamaha FZ1. It was a 1,000cc. So it was Ooh, 1,000cc. It was a nice one. Frank. Sounds he, like a rice rocket. Is it a rice rocket? Am I allowed to say that now? Oh, I forgot. You can't say Rice Rocket or what? Crotch Rocket. Crotch Rocket. Sorry. It's more like a cruiser, but it was fast. Frank Pizzo, thanks for the $10. Keep your head up, Ben. Could be worse. You could be in New York. You're absolutely right. I could be in New York. I can't believe people are sending me the room rates in Times Square. The same room that I'll pay $250, for in Times Square are now $45. They're dying in New York. Everywhere is screwed right now. This shit's got to get over, over, over. All right, we're again trying to get a caller. This guy also has apparently lawyers involved in his deal. Hey, Ben. Hey, how are you? How are you? What's going on? What do you got for us? Uh, I got a couple things, but uh, you don't seem happy. Maybe we should take start taking some uh, some pills or something. Pills? Like what? Uppers? I don't know. It's to help your depression. This is not healthy for Hey, you. what do you get? Life is a fuck. <laughs> Listen, right now, I'm losing millions. Okay? If I wasn't depressed, I wouldn't be normal, I think. You know, it's it's normal. You get depressed. What are you going to do? I can't be happy every day I'm hearing about all the money that we ain't got and we need to come up with. Uh, so what am I going to do? I'm going to be depressed. I mean, it's life, you know. But, I mean, I ain't taking no goddamn pills. And I'll be acting like... You know, really cool gadgets and... Everybody knows how to do kung fu. <laughs> like everybody yeah. knows five languages. Um, you know, everybody was cool and good looking, and it was really. I'm I'm a huge fan of James Bond, so I really was like, "This is the agency." 
once I got there, I realized it's, it's a diverse place. And one of the biggest things that really hit me when I got to the agency is how many different jobs there actually are. So all the movies are about the exciting case officer, right? The James Bond, um, the Ethan Hunt. But you get there and there are HR people. There are people who clean the waste baskets. There are, you know, cooks. There are analysts. There are mechanics. There are graphic designers. There are... Really? Yes. Like, there's a print shop there. People work that, you know, like there are IT people. So it's just like any other... It was... It was insane, like, how cool it was to walk in and to see the seal and you have to get past the guards with your special badge and all of that felt super cool. But you walk in and it's cubicles (laughs) and people doing, like, a plethora of different jobs like any other business, like any other government organization to keep it running. You just happen to work on things that are super cool that most people don't know about. And that's what I enjoyed the most was kind of having this insider insight into world events that I was already interested in. And then I had an even, even more of an insider perspective where I was like, this is really cool and I can affect things in a way, even if a small way that nobody will ever know about. And for me being behind the scenes is huge. Like I love being behind the scenes, like, Affecting somebody that nobody ever knows I even touched. That's that makes me feel good, right? Mm-hmm. I see the end result and I'm like, boom, I did that. Great. So now when you got there, did you get to sort of choose the path that you took or did they do that for you? So in the interview process um that I went through, um, I was uh I was going for, they have different tracks. Mm -hmm. So I was going for a certain track and there were like three different job descriptions that I could go for. Um, I picked one, I entered, I decided shortly after they have a a really long orientation period and then a really long training period. So I decided, um, I originally was a desk officer and I decided that targeting was a better fit for me. When I entered in 2007, targeting was brand new. They had just started it. It used to be that case officers themselves would do that kind of work. They would be the ones that found targets and figured out how to approach them. But it really wasn't efficient for them to be doing that. They really need to be out in the field Mm -hmm. meeting people. So they created an entire job description for people who specialized in finding who they were going to meet. So then all they have to do is spend an hour with me and I say, this is the guy, here's his photo, here's his family, here's everything we know about him. He's going to be at this place at this time. He likes this kind of stuff. Go, you know, go meet him and be friends. If they spend an hour with me, it saves them a ton of time. Um, I can go much more in depth because I'm interested um, than the case officer would be able to because they have a million other things going on. So, um, yeah, so for me, I was able to change tracks during the training period and then be certified as a targeter. 
Okay. And then how did you meet Andrew initially? <laughs> were, you, were you guys both training or? We were in orientation together. So they enter everybody, no matter what their track is, um, together. And then that's when they do all the HR stuff, right? Like, here's how your health insurance works. Mm. And here, how's your, you know, how your paycheck works. <laughs> like, make sure you sign up for medical benefits. All those, the intro stuff um, that you don't think about happening at the CIA. <laughs> um, so we met, I think I, I noticed him after the first week and he was always, uh, seated between two females. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I decided, wow. yeah, I saw him from a distance and I was like, I'm going to meet that guy. And so it took me about three weeks to get a seat next to him and start up a conversation um, and he was great. As soon as I introduced myself, he was like, do you want to go out on a date Wednesday? I was like, yes, yes, I would. Thank wow. you very much. Yeah, he was great. So um, the bummer for him was I was dealing with um, an anxiety disorder at the time that had just kind of, I'd had it for about six months undiagnosed. Um, so I was having all this anxiety constantly and it was making me really physically ill and um, so he asked me out on the date. The night of the date, he called me to ask directions to my house. And I was like, I was throwing up. <laughs> I was like, I was oh, like, I can't no. go. He's like, are you sh like, do you want coffee instead? Do you want? He kept trying, trying, you know, and I'm like, I just can't. And that was the very end of our orientation. I was like, I can never see this guy again. Like, he makes me throw up. I have too much anxiety. I like him too much. I was like, I, this sucks. Like, I'm never going to see him again. So then we spent, like, I think a, a month working on the same floor in our offices, completely avoiding each other until I bumped into him at a staff meeting. And then I was like... It was, How old were you? I was 27. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was intense, and I was. It he was a very patient man, because we had a lot of tea dates. <laughs> when mm. I was like, I'm really nauseous right now. <laughs> like you make me so nervous. <laughs> now, now this like it, it it parlayed into you guys eventually working together, like right as a team. Yes. And that was that like before. Why is this person a millionaire? Why is this person a billionaire? Why is this person driving this? Why is this person living like this? That means something that they know that you don't know. So if you become a student of success, student of billions, student of millions, that's how it's going to open a door for you. You can't be too negative. You can't be, you know what I'm saying? You got to have confidence in yourself about everything that you do. So me to you, I'm just saying be a student, man, to success. Feel me? So I wanted to let y'all know a lot of people be DMing you about this, about that. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to really get into details about stuff and you need help on anything, just subscribe to my OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? There's there's going to be something on there you, you want to know or you need to know that can help you because I just feel like I'm giving y'all secrets to all types of credit ways, primaries, this, that, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like people just need to know about it, you feel me? So if you want to know, you know what I'm saying, 
stuff about life and how to get successful and stuff like that, subscribe to my OnlyFans, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be in the bio, man. It's going to be... Also, go to my Instagram, bandman underscore kevo, my Twitter, bandman kevo. You feel me? Make sure y'all subscribe to my OnlyFans. Turn it up. I'm saying, I, only reason I'm saying this, I'm saying that you old gang, cause 33, you ain't, damn, ain't nobody talked to you when you was 20 something, 25? Nah, like, nah, you were, look, I'm gonna tell you some real shit, Joe. When we was shorties, like, motherfuckers ain't tell us about credit and shit, like, even when I went to the U.S. Bank and I took that 1500 out, like, I'm like, man, fuck credit, like, you feel me? So you just said, I'm going to keep the 15. What you do with the 15, gang? No, it was around Christmas time. I was going to around that time. So I, I put it to, I ain't flipped that shit. But I just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just finessed I could have so, so you just, so you just fucked they 1500 off. Like, man, fuck credit and everything. Huh? Hey, look, look, let me yeah, ask I'm you saying. something. So the reason, do you understand the reason why the bank gave you that 1500 Nah, cause they, they, it was like, it was like long, I went to the ATM, you feel me, this how I started off, I took a couple hundred out, I'm like, damn, then I came back, took a couple hundred more, I'm like, then I'm like, fuck it, I'm finna run it up in this bitch. Right. To my mom. So I just, so did you, so, so you took a, so now, let me tell you why they gave you the 1500 They gave you your $1,500 because they knew you was gonna fuck it off. And guess what you did? I fucked that shit off. You fucked it off. <laughs> Is, listen, bro. You did exactly what they thought you was going to do. You could have been... See, this is how you finesse. What you should have did, you should have just went on... That's who they put on. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, but make him famous, you know? But now the gates are unlocked. Now everybody on SoundCloud is like they can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. If you have the talent and you're able to stay persistent and consistent with music, you're going to pop. Sooner or later, something going to catch on fire. Mm. All you need is to hit one ball. One. You don't have to be right no times but once. Once you write that one time, and I don't give a damn. You don't know how to swing at fastballs. Don't hit fastballs. If all you know is curveballs, when that curveball comes, you swing the bat as hard as you can. Sooner or later, if you keep swinging, you're going to knock some out the park. It's going to be life-changing, and they're scared of that. Wow. They're scared of that because if that happens, then guess what? more wealth in the black communities. And guess what? The money circulates when it gets in the communities. When you go in, it goes to the corner stores. It goes to like, it's still in the community, right? Mm -hmm. The money changes hands. And now guess what? I got enough money to support your dream now. Yeah. I got enough money to support his dream now. And everybody is building, but it's things in place to make sure it's like credit card companies. They discriminate. 
But people don't know they discriminate because they're like, oh, they can't discriminate. No, they do. They don't market based on certain area codes. If you put a certain area code in, you automatically get denied. Why? Because they already know that area code has this certain amount of revenue coming in every single year. This your annual revenue. You don't fit the criteria. Mm. Even if you do. You don't fit the criteria. You in the wrong neighborhood. You don't get this card. And they're doing the same thing with investments. Like, why? Why I got to be a credit investor? I love it. People yeah. come up with what they want to come up with. But that's my, you know, that's my logic. I can't wait to see it, my brother. Look, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, please let the the people know how they can contact you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, definitely, I am spectacular on all social media platforms. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Hit me up on Clubhouse, dropping game constantly. The power circle, shout That's out to the it. power circle. Nonprofit, hey, that's another thing that's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest communities for people to come together, entrepreneurs to come together to share resources. The technology that's going to be built out for that is going to be crazy for people to come in and literally have one-on-one conversations to be able to share resources and, uh, and be able to have masterminds and accountability going to be phenomenal but yeah make sure you guys check me out power circles if you do want to apply for power circles all you got to do is make over a hundred thousand if you want to be a part of that community go to powercircles.org and uh, check it out but other than that you guys can text my number i gave it to you guys earlier but 786-661-1224 hit me up ask me some questions and actually if you listen to this interview every time you hear it listen Drop me a comment, man, on my last post on Instagram. Let me know how you Please. felt about this interview. Because I want to know your thoughts. I can't really stalk the comments like that, but I look at my Instagram almost every day. All right? Hit me up. Appreciate that, Spike. All right, man, close out with something. A word of wisdom, man. There's an entrepreneur out there that they, they, they're, they're having a hard time. They're struggling. They got this vision, and it's just not coming to fruition. Or, you know, they got some issues or, uh, you know, dramas or, you know, just uh, things going on in their life. So mm-hmm. what is on your heart right now to share with that person? Well, the first thing I would say is your thoughts become your reality. So if you put yourself in a state of mind that everything is possible, it's just the amount of time on when it's going to happen. And continuously work on your craft. Too many people are a master of nothing. They master the craft of nothing. (laughs) So you have to become a master of something. And go at it full speed, full throttle. Want it. You're meant to as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And come into this thing and understand that you're not a victim. Too many victims out here. Nobody's a victim. You're the only person you can blame for your situation. 
nobody else. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter how your dad treated you. It don't matter how you how you was raised. Bill Gates said, if you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault. Because you have every opportunity to get whatever you want and find the guidance, find the mentorship, because it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of guidance and accountability. So find somebody that's going to leave you accountable to your goals, your mission, your dreams. Everything that you literally put your mind to is, is something that can be achievable. Anybody who you know that's wealthy, that's famous, they all started from zero. Zero followers on Instagram, zero followers, zero followers on Facebook, zero dollars in their bank account. Everybody had to get that first deposit and build relationships and make sure that you're putting more deposits in than withdrawals. My rule of thumb is give 10 times and ask once. Before you guys got like into a relationship relationship or was it the relationship first and then you guys teamed up together? So it was the relationship first and, um, you know, part of what brings us together um, are our commonalities. So we both have an interest and a background in Asia and that's the region that we were working. So we were in different offices, but the same region. And so we both had, um, so I was uh, I lived in Japan from the ages of two to six and I spoke Japanese when we lived there and then we moved back to the States after that. So I had this, you know, my like my like pivotal, my growing years were in Japan. So I had this, really? yeah. So I had this really strong what were you doing connection. In Japan? My parents, my, pa- my dad's Venezuelan. Okay. So my mom met, my dad in Fort Lauderdale moved with him to Venezuela. I was born there and they'd converted to Buddhism, a Buddhism that the sect is, um, it's the Nichiren, uh, Shoshu Buddhism and it from Japan. So they had friends who had already gone to like explore this Buddhism more in Japan and my parents were trying to figure out how to get there. My dad found a school that did um, had a master's in architectural photography. So he enrolled in the school. He like learned Japanese, enrolled in architectural photography school, and they just took us. Well, I was just me at the time. So yeah, my, my mom, I'm two, and my mom goes halfway across the world and... They, they like adventure. That's my super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you learned English and Japanese. I mean, you were obviously old enough yes. to already know English, but you learned Japanese at a very young age. Yeah. So Japanese, Spanish, and English were my first three languages, which was interesting when I moved back because I moved to St. Petersburg and um, I my second grade teacher... <laughs> tried to hold me and my first grade my first grade teacher tried to hold me back because she said that knowing so many languages made me slow <laughs> which you know that's it was 1986 that's okay um but my mom pushed back and I ended up in gifted class instead <laughs> so um each their own exactly <laughs> but ever since then I was you know when we got to the agency 
you know, I, I want, I had Spanish. I was like, I can pick Japanese right back up. I had enough of it. And that was my interest. And then Andy has Chinese and his, um, he has a degree in, uh, East Asian studies. And so we had this common interest in that region and in working the targets in that region. So it was natural for us to eventually end up working the same targets. I don't think we were ever at the same time in the same office, but that doesn't mean that we weren't working the same targets, if that makes sense. Like, um, for example, they'll have a regional office that will do Asia, but then they'll have another office that does a subject matter like counterproliferation, mm-hmm. right? So you can be have two people, one in a regional office, one in counterproliferation, and then they overlap because counterproliferation happens everywhere in the world. So that's how it ended up happening. And where are you guys at at this point? Like, where is the CIA headquarters? Like, that you guys, where's the building that you guys are working at? So we were in Langley at the main headquarters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we were there for quite some time before, you know, doing TDYs and things like that. So. And how long was it before you guys actually went out into the field and went to Asia together? So we... And where did you guys go to China? Uh, we... I, I you don't can't think, say? Yeah, we can't say the exact location. Oh, Asia. Okay. <laughs> Asia, okay. Um, but we did a number of TDYs separately. Um, so we had started traveling for the agency almost as soon as we joined. Oh, okay. Right. Like him going, you know, I would go one country, he would go another country at different times as the office, as the mission dictated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, eventually I, I knew that I wanted to be assigned overseas, um, for a longer period of time. So I started, you know, just putting a little bug in my manager's ear, like I will go literally anywhere, um, I was like, Ulaanbaatar, I don't care. Like, just send me overseas. Um, I wanted the excitement of being in the field because it's the work is different, right? Like, headquarters work is slower. Field work, like, you are on the ground real time. Like, stuff happens, you know? Like, um, where we were, there was a like a small terrorist attack while we were assigned there, you know, and I'm like, it's action. Like stuff is happening real time. Like I'm working with the foreign service there. Um, you know, it's just incredible. So we, I think we were together. I think we were together three years, um, before we were sent out for a long assignment. And that was, it was amazing. What is it about about Asia and those cultures that excite you or interest you? So I think a lot of it has to do with my childhood. Just the fact that I, because my first memories are of Japan mm-hmm. and because my parents are Buddhist. So even when we came back, that culture continued. Um it's just comfortable for me. I like, so I, I definitely feel American. I am definitely Americanized, 
but I also have this very strong, like I understand the, the culture of putting your community before yourself, which is very Asian, right? Like Americans mm. are very independent. Um, you usually put yourself before others, but in Asia, like when, like when coronavirus started, it's being used, it's not private. Mm. So when the Snowden thing happened and I, and a number of people started chiming up and being like, Oh my gosh, look what the government's doing. And they're spying on us. We are not spying on you. I'm, you know, the, if the CIA, first of all, cannot spy on an American, they have to have permission to touch anything American related, like us sit related. The FBI can, that's their purview, right? Like they are responsible. If the FBI is watching you, you're probably doing something wrong. If you're doing something wrong and you're worried about your privacy, you should probably stop doing something wrong. <laughs> like right. if you're selling drugs and you're worried that your privacy is being invaded, you should probably stop selling drugs. Like mm -hmm. you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah. So that's, and, and the CIA is not looking at you. I promise you, unless you are an undercover, like Chinese intelligence officer, nobody's looking at your stuff. Nobody's listening to your phone calls. I promise. Right. Well, wasn't his, his overall reasoning for doing this was because of the so-called Patriot Act that was enacted after nine 11 was used and it was actually proven that they were taking transcripts and actually recording and and actively listening into like millions of Americans phone calls whether they had any sort of uh, any sort of reason to do it or not right so think about like the easiest way to gather data right so like you have and you have a giant bowl of M&Ms here, right? And I need to get, like, the green M&M that's in the middle. Like, that's the one I'm interested in, is that green right. M&M in the middle, right? I'm not going to, like, be able to dig through and find that little green M&M. The fastest way for me to do it is to scoop up your entire bowl of M&Ms and then sift it through a filter, a software program, right? Sift it through. Until my filter, my software program, pops up that green M&M that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the most efficient way to do it, is to do giant grabs. I'm not really looking for the red M&M or the yellow M&M. I don't care about the brown M&M. Like, none of that really matters to me. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for this one thing, and the best way for me to get it is to just do a grab all and sift through it like i'm not actually listening like nobody's listening to all those conversations think about like millions of conversations there are not people out there just listening to conversations that's not you know like like i said before right it's How does an it work office with cubicles <laughs> like like office workers is it, you know. is it some sort of like AI that's basically like scanning all of these phone calls and text messages looking for keywords or what is it? So I, 
So I, I couldn't talk about it even if I knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, the analysis is done by analysts, human beings, right? Uh -huh. So data, data collection is done the way any company would do data collection, right? I mean, it's just a different a different style, but like Google collects your data, like Apple collects your data, tons of people collect your data. It's all done the same way, right? It's all pooling tons of data. In the end, it's a person, me or somebody else that's going through that individually, you know, eight and a half hours every weekday looking for connections, looking for information, you know, there's there's not time. Like, we are very focused, right? Like, we know who we want, and we know how to get there. We are not just idly listening. You know, it's not like when you flip through YouTube and you're just idly watching people. It's not that. Like, well, we have a job. Isn't it also true that we haven't caught any terrorists through the Patriot Act by, by tapping people's phone calls? Hmm. I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. And and I will say that Aiden, maybe you could Google it. Maybe find some uh, fake article, <laughs> <laughs> some fake Russian article. Well, I will say that I'm not. I'm not a uh, uh, terrorists caught through the Patriot Act or tapping American phone calls, something like that. Yeah, and I will say that I'm not. I'm not saying that something shouldn't have been done about the Patriot Act, right? Mm -hmm. The Patriot Act was something that came out of 9-11 mm -hmm. for a specific purpose. And I think things like that oftentimes, right, because it was broad. So because it was broad and already in use, it's easier to just kind of keep it there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that shouldn't have been reviewed. Because I think that, you know, a policy, particularly if a policy comes out of like a time of war, that needs to be reviewed, right? Like, is it still meeting the purpose? Can we narrow it, right? So that's why I say, you know, I support whistleblowing, right? I support reviewing things that are already in practice because, right. you know, maybe something that was okay the first three years after 9-11, you know, isn't okay 10 years down the road. Maybe that's unnecessary. Maybe it's reaching too far. Maybe you do a review and you find out that it's not serving its purpose. You're not actually catching terrorists, right? I mean, the information, even if it wasn't carrying, you know, capturing terrorists, probably was good for other t forms of intelligence that nobody's talking about because mm. nobody cares. Um, doesn't have as much of a like impact when you talk about other forms of intelligence. Right. But yeah, I guess I mean the the hard part to to deal with is the fact that they use something like nine eleven and the the clever marketing of calling it the quote Patriot Act. I was like, boo, he kind of extra like he talking about I changed his life. She's like, nah, bro, my man was getting fifteen hundred dollars. He just spoke for an hour virtually and got ten grand. So she was like, yo, own it. I was like, come on then, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so Amazing. like, for real, and everybody not getting that. I got some people getting $1,500, $2,500, four grand. It's all over the place, right? Yeah, right? But the fact that you can do that virtually or in person, 
It ain't changed lives. Ain't nothing like it. So uh, I worked forty hours a week to make three thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah, the cheesecake factory. And so you see why when you first asked how about the price, I even feel weird sharing it because all my partners, Marcus, like Neo, Josh, like all the homies, is like, bro, your course is like. It need to be five grand for everything that you're doing, and they got access to you, and they coming on Yo, the don't calls. Don't let me pressure you, because he be pressuring me, bro. Every time <laughs> yeah. I talk to him, I'm not charging enough. Like I'm like, yo, bro. Every me. time, every time, <laughs> and I be hearing it. And but, but when people sure. in my community was like, yeah, I would have paid five grand for this. Mm-hmm. I would have paid more. That's why when you first asked how much, and I was like, it's two grand, and you was like, can we get a discount? That's why I was a slightly hesitant because it was just like, because I'm on camera too. Right. A pressure. You know what? <laughs> Yo, listen, if you don't. But, but I love it though. I don't, I'm not going to renege. For sure. No, no, no. But let's, let's just take this out. If it, because things change, we don't know how. This joint is going to be on for 10 years, right? Right. So if it changes, just promise me it will be a discount under what you normally charge. Yes, on for next sure. Level. Speakers Academy is watching us, homie. We ain't got no gladiators. We got Floyd Mayweather fighting Paul Logan. Man, we ain't got no niggas looking strong nowhere, homie. <coughs> we got a gay nigga fighting a begging nigga. Homie, the world, nigga, them Russians looking at us, everybody think they can whoop us now, homie. Man, the Mexicans calling us, yeah, we saying nigga. And there ain't nothing y'all can do about it. The Asians saying, yeah, we using the word nigga. I dare y'all to say something. You see how much hate I'm getting from the Asian community. They disrespecting me publicly, calling me all kind of, and ain't no nigga saying, man, let's go to war with them Asians. Nigga, we looking weak. Our kids will be spit on, homie. Our kids will be treated like their ancestors 20 years from now. A motherfucker with me and your skin that look like me and you will be spit on by all these other ethnicities <clears throat> in this country, homie. <clears throat> we have to go beg. We got to go to them for our clothes. We eat at their restaurants. I ain't never in my life ate Chinese food. Never. I ain't never ate no other kind of food, homie. And you never ate Chinese food? I never ate Chinese food, ever in my life. Is it because you think they use I was raised not to eat them people food. Man, my grandmama them taught us. Man, them people, no. They'll spit in your food. Man, them people don't curse. Man, Man, we was taught by niggas. What you think niggas used to do when they served white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves and them white folks sitting out there? You think them folk wasn't spitting in their drinks and their food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So I'm going to be, you think I'm going to be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind there and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate anything. They can they can they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything. Nigga, they can make a human. They so smart and sharp. 
So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, if you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat tastes like pork, they have bought over 80% of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need you to do me a favor. Go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something. Then come back to your community and go teach your community how you did what you did. It is the only way our community can grow, okay? We are out of here. Peace. What if I told you for $1, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you Would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. TheMorningMeetup.com, a dollar. I'm going to give you all this for a dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whatever you want, right? TheMorningMeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning. He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. At least y'all know I smoke weed, I cuss. I call a woman a bitch. Uh, so my flaws is shown. Right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy. So what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas falling, man. Fuck them niggas, huh? I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama and them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't gave, he ain't fed the village like Maria and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him, homie. We don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. Yeah. So, uh, it's not the... Motherfucker. Before you ask anybody for one thing, make sure you give 10. And be proactive. So many times people, oh, if you need me that, just let me know I'm coming.
No, say, yo, I'm here. What you need me to do? Mm, I like that. And, and be intentional about your relationships. Every last thing you do should be intentional. You shouldn't leave your house unless it aligns with your goals. No matter who you're dealing with, it has to make sense. That's the only way you can trim the fat. I say I like I would rather throw away a hundred pennies to get four quarters. Surround yourself around quality people that's gonna help you get to your mission, who think like you, who move like you, who's gonna make sure they push you and motivate you. Cause sometimes who's gonna motivate the motivator? So you got to have those people that's going to be a cheerleader. So when shit hit the fan, you got somebody that's going to support you. When your back is against the wall, you have people that's going to jump and defend you. 